Hi, and welcome to a very short introduction. From ancient Greece to branding, globalisation to Homer, and logic to fashion, we'll showcase a concise and dynamic insight into a range of diverse topics for wherever your curiosity may lead you. So here is today's very short introduction. Hello, and thank you for tuning into this podcast. I'm Jennifer Gidley, the author of the book, The Future, a Very Short Introduction. I want to tell you a little about the future and its likely importance to your life. I've been a futures researcher for over 20 years and was honoured this year to be included in the Forbes list of the world's top 50 women futurists. For eight years I was president of the World Future Studies Federation, which is a UNESCO partner and the global peak body for future scholars across 60 countries. The Federation was founded in Paris in 1973 by some of the 20th century's leading futures thinkers with the purpose of democratising futures thinking. As president, I was privileged to work with many of the world's foremost futures scholars. During this time, I led the creation of UNESCO-funded leadership programs designed to empower young people in a range of developing countries. So my book, The Future, not only draws on my work as an international futurist, but also on my 40 years experience as a psychologist, educator and academic. A few years ago, I discovered that there were no Oxford University Press books on the future. At that time, there were almost 500 very short introductions, but none of them addressed the future. The VSI commissioning editor invited me to submit a proposal for a very short introduction to the future, which to my delight was published in 2017. The Future VSI provides a broad overview of history, as well as some tantalising topics, which include 3,000 years of futures thinking, how a single predictable future became today's multiple futures, how the scholarship of future studies evolved over five decades, popular futures trivia such as crystal balls, flying cars and robots, how Silicon Valley appropriated human-centred futures, and the grand global futures challenges and opportunities. In less than three years, the Future VSI has become a core reference in futures courses around the world. Not only that, but it is quickly being translated into other languages, Arabic already with Chinese and Turkish underway, and several others in the pipeline. We live in extremely challenging times, from a global pandemic registering 30 million cases and almost a million deaths, to climate crisis causing wildfires, superstorms and sea level rise pointing to unprecedented mass migration and also immense geopolitical uncertainty as China overtakes America as the global powerhouse. While we need to understand the future has never been more important, the future itself can't actually be predicted. Instead, we can use human agency and look at quantum possibilities. Don't worry, it's all in the book. While future studies can help us to better understand any situation, its secret is how it empowers us to imagine, design and create better futures for all. Futures experts believe there are three things that we need to understand about futures. Firstly, there is no one single future. This might come as a bit of a shock. The idea that there is one single future stems from an old worldview that believed everything, including humans, existed as a kind of mechanical system. This was grounded in Newtonian physics that believed everything was predictable. This view of a building block universe unravelled in the early 20th century when quantum physics was discovered, and since then, quantum physics has opened the door for multiple possible futures. We now know there are many possible futures 
as many as there are people on the planet. Secondly, future studies is not about predicting the future. Prediction of sorts is just one of at least five approaches to creating the future. The first of these is predictive futures. This extrapolates from the past using modelling to construct trends. However, trend is not destiny. A trend can always be deflected by unexpected circumstance or human agency. The second approach is critical futures. This is about asking the hard questions and challenging the status quo. It makes inconvenient statements about why business as usual is not the only way. We call this normative and it refers to preferred or desirable futures. Thirdly, we have cultural futures. This is about taking a multicultural lens to futures thinking. It challenges the dominant neoliberal model and it delinks development from industrialism, unlimited economic growth and hyper-consumerism. It includes feminist and youth futures. At number four, we have participatory futures. This is empowering because it integrates human agency and activism. Participatory is the most democratic approach and is popular with young futurists who prefer collaboration rather than detached empiricist approaches. Lastly, we arrive at integral futures. This is the broadest and deepest approach and it integrates multiple perspectives. There are several special journal issues you can read which attempt to cohere the breadth of this approach. Integral futures is very popular and now in line with the transdisciplinary turn in other fields. Coming back now to the three things futurists want you to understand. The third one is that no matter how grand, global or terrifying the challenges are, there are always alternatives and opportunities for turning things around. That's where human agency comes in. Put another way, we are not powerless, but actually hold all the power to create change. So as part of environmental scanning, as a futurist, it is very important to not just look at the mega trends, but the small, emerging, weak signals and counter trends. These are critical. In chapter six, I discuss the grand global futures challenges, but I also look at the counter trends, the twists and the surprises, because this is where the opportunities lie for each one of us to create alternative futures. I've often been asked how I got into future studies. It's a sad story. In Australia during the mid-1990s, there was an epidemic of youth suicide. There was lots of media coverage about how young people were depressed and feeling hopeless, feeling they had no future and that they had no power to change anything. The stories I discovered on young people's views and visions of the future led me to a vast trove of futures literature and to a realisation that there was a whole academic field of future studies that I had simply not been aware of. That was my aha moment. It actually changed the course of my life and drove me to research and write in the future studies field, where I've now published more than 50 academic papers and several books. The Future, a very short introduction, is the fruit of years of research and is my definitive work on future studies. I hope it will open up major opportunities for you to create the future you desire. Thank you for listening.